0: Hello everyone. Um happy Thanksgiving. You are uh, celebrating. All right. I appreciate it. After, isn't now the main time? Oh, right, 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 okay. okay. So the uh Topic for tonight was how Yaakov, Yesip, Paray, Saramashkim, and Saraip, and how do they know that their dreams were valid. So in order to introduce this topic, it's helpful for us to um, it's helpful for us to first go through a little bit about dreams and what to say. So I thought the place I would start is the, the Rambam. The last time we did the Rambam was a few years ago. The Rambam appears both in the Maradona it appears in Kar-a-chilic, Uh and it also appears in the Yad of Hazaka, towards the end. The Rambam says that there are four ways where Moshe Rabbeinu's prophecy differed from every other prophet four ways what were the four ways his prophecy different than every other prophet says the rabbi every other prophet would prophesy using some sort of a vision um a parable a metaphor call it uh an, an intermediary it wasn't straight prose it was poetry, but they didn't see exact. They had to interpret. Of course, if they interpreted badly, they get in big trouble. But they did not see something in prose. They saw something that was, in effect, open to interpretation. Second, was every prophet, aside from Mesharabeneh, when he got a prophecy, his whole body would go weak. He would become like immobile. Third. And, and many and according to the Rambam, they were always sleeping when they when they received their prophecy. Third is that um, so that so we so we said second was they would sleep. Third was that their limbs would be weak, and the fourth, this is um, that they could not determine the time of their prophecy. If you remember what Bilam said, right when he went to um, visit Balak, so. He had a conversation there with Balaq, and he says to him, Ula cross, maya, right? He's going to maybe speak to me. Hashem happened to appear to build, Right? If you remember, that's the famous Rashi, right? Why is that a small olive in Balaq? Because most of them, they don't want to write Balaq. Hashem told them, he wanted to write Balaq. Then he happened, yeah, like coincidence, which was the level of Bilam? says the Rambam, all prophets... When did we get a prophecy? It was never at a uh, at will. It was coincidence. Meishir know all these four things didn't apply. So he got prophecy when he wanted, not just merely coincidence. He wanted to speak to Hashem. He spoke to Hashem. He was awake. He never slept. His limbs never got weak, and it was in prose. There was no metaphors. He you knew exactly what Hashem wanted to say. It was literally like word for word. So for this, for the Rambam, these four are what make Meishra Benham's prophecy unique. I just want to focus for the moment just on this aspect that all prophets according to the Rambam, besides from Benham, received their prophecy while they were sleeping, semi-conscious, that they were not fully awake. And you can see that many times, for example, you look in Parshas, um, Parshas Lech Lecha, right? the passage there by the Bishop of Sarum says, that <speaking> him in a situation, he was sleeping, he had a tardema, that's what right? the Dapasach tells us by other Eshlova, Vayi Tahr when are by Shol, and, you know, the devil was going to go show him that he was really loyal, so he had a entire day. is a deep sleep. A machza is a sort of a vision, says the Rambam. Look in this week's parsha over here. It right? he got up, but he was sleeping. Hashem is coming to him while he's sleeping. Later on in the Sedra, there is you know, uh, had a lot of success, and he's starting to make love unconcerned that he, with all of his tremendous success, so the puzzle tells us that what happens is that he calls his wives out to the field, Leah and Rachel, and he says to them, listen, I had a dream, and Hashem told me, he had a dream, he was sleeping. So you find, and also love and was sleeping when Hashem came to my love, and the end of the parasha, love and comes to Yaakov after he uh, hears that he ran away so he goes to chase him back and after he catches up with him right that night before he meets him he's caught up with him but it's a night time so he waits till the day to meet him and what happens at night Hashem comes to him in a dream Hashem comes to Avi Melech in a dream these are all dreams so you see repeatedly that Hashem is coming to people to speak to them to give them messages in dreams The problem is, is that that's not introduced every time. See, the Rambam's position is very radical. He says every time Hashem speaks to any Navi, aside from Meishu Rabbeinu, it's by definition a dream. It's by definition they're in a state of semi-consciousness. So what does that mean practically? That means practically that when Hashem comes and and speaks to um, a it doesn't say a dream. You have to imply, you you have to essentially assume the dream. So, for example, if you look at the beginning part of the last one. That happened in a dream? There's no indication in the text that that happened in a dream. But the Ram says, no, that happened in a dream. Even if it doesn't tell you that it happened in a dream, you have to assume that it happened in a dream. This is the sheet of the Raman. Problem of course with the Ramseita is that aside from the fact that it goes against the Pasha reading of the Pesukim, there is a fundamental like challenge. So when the Pasha says the title tells us, El Moshe veel Aaron. Does mean Hashem speaking of Moshe and Aaron? And Moshe, is like, you know, standing awake, and iron falls down to the ground in a dream like state. When the Pasha says that Kasha's Baalisma, Raidabashem al Moshe Aaron Hashem spoke to Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam. It says, This is all you got to go out. Now to the Al-Maid. And Hashem then uh, is a kanoi for Moshe, the fact that they were speaking negatively about him, about the Isha Kushas. So when the pasuk tells us that, does that mean to say that Moshe was awake and Aaron and Miriam fell asleep? If they fell asleep, how do they walk outside of the Al-Maid? To go get the the pastor says, <laughs> they, like when they were sleeping, they were like sort of rolling their way out. The and if you think about it, as a matter of Pashup Shad, it's very difficult to sustain the Rambam. To sustain the Rama as a matter of Pashup Shad is very difficult. Why is it very difficult? It's very difficult because the Rambam is saying something in the text that is It's not there. There's no indication in the text that they would fall asleep when they began get prophecy. The only indication in the text is that when they had a dream, they were falling asleep when they got prophecy. But the rabbi wants to say it very broadly. They always fell asleep when they had prophecy, and that's difficult to sustain because it kind of, as I'm showing you, you end up with certain circumstance that sound like a bit of a mockery. According to the rabbi's understanding is, obviously, if Aaron and Mary were sleeping, when Hashem told them to leave the island led, uh, how, how would exactly that worked. They, maybe they were sleepwalking, right? So, aside from the Ramah, right, most people would say the partial challenge of is that when the Torah says that somebody was having a prophetic dream, then they had a prophetic dream. The Torah says they had a prophecy and doesn't say they had a dream. So they didn't have a dream. They just had a prophecy, regular prophecy that that difference that the Rambam wants to say is one of the four differences between Maishra, Beno, and every other prophet, the fact that every other prophet has to be in a dream, people would disagree with that for the Rambam. Okay? So therefore, it comes out like this. If we're going now with the other commentaries, the other approach is not like the Rambam. So that means to say that when the Torah gives Nebuah, it's not by definition in the fell it's only in a Chalayim if the Torah tells us it's in a chalem. If that's true, then we can now look at the dreams and say for Barishas, and we can analyze them. Right? Because now we're not looking at every nevuah On the way the Raman I'm learning, so every single nevuah in Barashas Grace has to be a dream, by definition. right? The Ram goes so far as to say that like the beginning of Vayera, Right, with the three Malachim, this is a dream. The Rama goes very far, right? He says the whole story of Yenu is a dream, and the whole story of Bilam is a dream. All of it's a dream for the Rama. He goes, he takes this very, very far. And as the Ramban points out in the Geneva Parsons, Vayera, this is unacceptable, it violates fundamentals of Judaism. We cannot accept it. But if we're not using the Ramah, if we're using the simple way to read these p'sukim, So then you have prophetic dreams that the Torah introduces as dreams. And you have prophecies that are not dreamlike states, not in dreamlike trances. Now, if we focus just on the situations where the Torah is indicating prophecy-like dreams, we can still further subdivide it. How can we further subdivide it? We further can subdivide it by saying, does God appear in that prophecy, in that dream-like state of prophecy or not? For example, in this week's Sedra, Yaakov Avinu has a dream. As we pointed out, he has a dream in the beginning of Vayetzeh and the end of Vayetzeh. In both of those dreams, Hashem appears. But let's look for a moment, the beginning of Pasha's Vayetzeh, Vayetzeh's dream. Yeshev has a dream, right? It is the dream of the Shemesh and the Arach and the Shebolim. Does Hashem appear in that dream? In either of those dreams? No, it does not appear in either of those dreams. Does Hashem appear in the dream of the Sar and the Sar and the Parsh Again, the answer is there is no Hashem in that dream either. What about the dream of Paray in the beginning of Parsh The two dreams of the fat cow's And the skinny cows, right? The fat Shibboleth and the skinny Shibboleth, does the Shabbat pair those dreams? Again, the answer is no. But there is a commonality nonetheless, which is that each one of these dreams is meant to be something prophetic, right? As Chazal want to point out the similarities between Yaakov and Yasef. Now we're coming to Hanukkah, it's certainly a tangent we could explore in more detail, but we don't have time for it. One of those things is dreams. Yaakov pursues a life based on a dream. Yosef pursues a life based on a dream, but the dreams are not exactly the same. In Yasef's dream, Hashem never makes a mention, never makes an, I'm sorry, never makes an appearance. But in Yaakov's two dreams, he does. If you go back, go back to parshas Lech Lecham. When Avram goes into a Tardema or b'machzeh, so then of course Hashem is speaking, so that's clear enough. What about Avimelech in Parshas Vayero when he comes? Hashem comes to Avimelech, right, and in a dream. The tells us that um, the Pesach tells us that uh, what do you call? It? That's clear enough. Hashem came to Avimelech in a dream. And what about love? And in this week's sadra, both of those cases, it's very clear they each had dreams, and Hashem came to them in the dreams. So I think what you can, what I'm saying is, forget the Rambam and his approach. Take the partial child approach. There are, there are prophecies that have dreams associated with them. That the prophecies coming within a dream, and then there are prophecies that come without being in a dream-like state at all. Within the prophecies that come within a dream, you can further subdivide it. With prophecies where Hashem is made a mention of, and prophecies where Hashem is not made. A of. Now, if you say that the prophecies where Hashem is made a mention of is a better chance that you would say that that dream is substantive, right? Better chance to say that that's a prophecy. It would make sense. It wouldn't be a big kid. What about the dreams where there is no mention of Hashem? What about a dream where there's no mention made of Hashem? So it's just a dream. Why should I assume that that dream is a prophetic dream? These are the dreams I want to focus on now and what the Arachim's is convinced, even though he says it over here he's convinced that this is true. He doesn't say it in Vayetze. You have to look at his commentary in Vayetze, and Vayesha, Miketz, etc. But if you go through his commentary in all those places, you will see the same idea of the the Arachim. So again, but before we get to that, I just want to mention a few of the relevant chazals as to asking the following question as to the validity of dreams. For example, the more tells us in in the end of Brachas, there's a whole slew of gemaras there about the validity of dreams. So the gemaras is like this. Sometimes a dream is absolute nonsense. Sometimes it's very valid. How does one to know? The gemara gives a whole slew of different approaches or different examples. Tanya, Omar So um, sorry, Avuna, Avuna says, toiv maran toiv, adam ra A good person only gets bad dreams. A bad person only gets good dreams. It's part of a way of giving a bad person, you know, some of his uh, uh, reward here, and vice versa. He a mark, a righteous person. to give him scary dreams. What does that tell you about the validity of the dream? because the dream is nonsense. It's being used as a a mode to be able to increase or enhance the reward or punishment of a person, depending on the specific situation. But it doesn't have inherent validity. It's specifically the inverse of the person who's receiving the dream. The, uh, The Gemara there continues, the Gemara says that Shmuel, when he would see a bad dream that he didn't like, um, um, he would from the you think that the, the dreams have any validity? But yeah. when you see a nice dream, you would say, "Right, what do you think that the is they don't, they don't, right?" So if you saw a bad dream, dreams they don't, they don't teach you anything. But if it's still a good dream, you think that the, 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 the are meaningless, it's very meaningful, it's very important, these dreams. So he would basically reinterpret the puzzle to fit whatever the dream was that he that he wanted. And uh, he would bring a raya that from Parash Be'alais who mentioned before, but when, when Hashem speaks to Moshe, Aaron and Miriam, Hashem says to him that in a negative way, he says, but, to you, how do I speak to you, Moshe, I'm sorry, to you, Aaron and Miriam? I speak to you in dreams. So that is to say, what we're learning out from over here, says says the Gemara, says Shmuel, is that when he asks, uh, And it says, And it says, did they not have validity? Well, obviously, they have validity. What would be the proof? Because the pas says, buddy, "I speak to you in dreams." The Umar says over there that it's a very long, uh, very long introduction who said it to whom. the right. the name of some elder. Some old rabbi said like this. And who was that person? Rabbi bena perhaps the same Rabbi Beno that we in we talked about before in relation to going to the uh to the Ma'oris, right? And he went to Mauris and Machpelah, and he and he met um and the Eliezer bin Avram. So the gemara says, the name of Rabbi the the 24 people who would interpret dreams in Jerusalem. And he once went. He went once after he had a dream. So he paid for twenty-four different interpretations. It says the The sky They were all. Everything goes after interpretations. What is that telling you? That's effectively telling you that a dream is not inherently anything. The way it becomes meaningful is the interpretation of the dream. The interpretation of the dream is how it becomes meaningful or not meaningful. And that, we see, was proven out in Rabbi Beno going to 24 different Paisu And The more they want to make you really appreciate this point, the more they give you a crazy story about Bar He was a guy who uh, interpreted dreams. And Abayah and Rav went to him. Abayah paid the guy a decent tip. And Rav wouldn't give the guy anything. So he didn't interpret Rav's dreams well, he interpreted him very terribly, and Abayashi did great. And guess what? Rava, the Gemara says, all the negative interpretations died, including his wife died. The so Gemara says that Rava was so upset and and at him, he says, I could have been for you when he finally realizes that. Oh, Challem saw the Nakhar pet. because the whole story they were on the boat and he and he saw his his dream book and he read it and the whole thing. But he says, I would have forgiven you everything that you did terrible to me except for the fact that my wife died as a result of your interpretation. But the um, the takeaway that I have from this point is that the dream is not inherent then. It's the interpretation. You can say whatever you want, and that'll make it true. It's not the dream. M.R. Mm-hmm. says over there that, and, and this becomes a, a classic one for the actually, in Parsley Yeshev, says over there that the person only has dreams about the things that he was thinking about during the day. The Mark there gives an example. The example is that uh, the Kayser, some Roman governor, he wanted to meet Rishul uh, was a very intelligent person. So he says to him, look, I know the rabbis are very smart. Says, tell me what I'm going to dream about tonight. So he gives him some crazy example. He says that the Persians are going to come, the Gariban, the Kutra, the Daban, you're going to go and, and clean up the excrement of the animals with like a golden shovel. I mean, like, he makes it out like a crazy thing. And in fact, he dreams about that that night. gives a similar example of a, of a, of, a, of a, uh, instead of happening in Eretz this happened in Babel. With with um, with Shmuel and shavar Malka, which is uh, King Shapur, and um, was you know assassinating king, and he says to Shmuel, "I heard again the rabbis are very smart. Tell them they dream about tonight." And he says that, "Oh, the Romans are gonna are gonna capture you, and they're gonna you know uh, conquer your territories." And all day he was thinking about it. And they're gonna make you walk around like a yoke, and all this. All day he thought about it. And guess what? Then I jumped about. It. What is the telling us? The is telling us that dreams are, in effect, a reflection of what you thought about, meaning they're not inherently valuable. This says the Archayim, was why the brothers, this is the Ar-Khayim by Yeshev, why the brothers were so angry at Yazid. They said, You're dreaming about right? And I went into the Felonian, I'm a because right? you have dreams of power you have dreams of rule you have dreams of being a big knacker that's because that's what you think about all day all day long you yes are thinking about taking power so what the big one that you jumped about it This, says Arashem, was one of the reasons that they were so angry. Forgetting what happened, the dad did, Yaakov did with the Ksenis power. forget all that. Forget the, just the fact that they viewed him as being, in effect, somebody who was lusting after power, hence dreaming about it. That is to say, a dream is just a reflection of what you're thinking about during the day. It has no inherent value. This clearly is one vision, one understanding within Fethel. But Nils Gomorrah is over there in Brachas. The Gemara says, look, Every dream, even if some of it's gonna work and come to fruition, not all of it will. How do I know? We want to prove it from Yisra because the Pashla says, Who is the Shemesh? Shemesh was Yakr. Who was the Akharasakh was the Shvatan? Who is the um, the Yarech? Not clear. The Arab was Rachel, that could, it didn't happen. She was not, not there. She had already died by Was Leah? She died when she was in her Israel before they went down. So who was it? Perhaps it was the Shivkar. This gets into, I don't want to get into a now, but my colleagues in Rashi and the Ramvan. Where did you ever see the, the dream being fulfilled? It's a tangential point, but nevertheless somewhat relevant. You never see that Yaakov was bowing down to Yasef. Never, there's never a passage like that. There's no passage like that. And Rashi says that the dream is fulfilled by definition. When the brothers came down and bowed down, that was sufficient. The Ramban says no. Um, in fact, Yaakov uh, you know, does bow down. At the end of his life, he's bowing down on the bed. Bowing down to Hashem. Is he bowing down to Yisaf? That's a big debate. Again, like I say, Rashi and the Ramban, but according to, um, according to the way that Rambam wants to learn, Yasef had to ensure that his dream would be fulfilled. That's why he engineers the whole plot. This for the Rambam explains why he never went de- back and gave a message about that he's alive, because he wanted to make sure that all of his brothers would come down and they would all bow to him, because they all do bow to him when they all come down together. In right? wasn't there, there was somebody missing from the Khan of In any event, well, the the Gemara says that every dream has some element of sh'tus, some element that will never be fulfilled, even if the majority of it is fine. There's going to be a part of it that's not fine. And I see it from Yosef, because the Gemara is understanding. There's no Yerach. It's not Billa There was never Yerach. That was the sh'tus in the dream. The Gemara continues uh, another line over there. The Gemara says. It's impossible to have a dream without Zvarmital. So this understanding is that if a dream has validity, even if a dream has something substantive, nevertheless, what it has some dvarmatalum. Some elements, some something that's not gonna be valid in it. And uh, the um the more there says that there's Many different types of dreams that have validity. The Gemara gives a whole list; we I mean, can't go through it now. But if you see certain things and I mean weird things, somebody see, I don't certain names or certain people or certain illicit relations. I mean, the Gemara gives lists of different types of dreams. Each one; these are dreams that are valid. Just to give one summation of the point, the Gemara says in the name of Rabbi Yehudah three types of dreams that will have a keil. One is the Chalem Shol Shachris. What's the chalim A daydream. Right? If somebody has a dream in the morning, and a daydream, so that'll work. Um, if somebody's dreaming about you, so it's not your dream, somebody else dreams about you, it's over what you're about. you're not going to have, that'll have a cue. And if you have a dream, that gets an interpretation within the dream itself. If you have a dream twice. If have a dream twice, that will be uh, considered a valid dream. However, if you look there in those Gemaras, the Gemara seems to suggest that um, dreams are actually very valid. The Gemara there says, Amrachizda. If you don't get your dream interpreted, it's like an unopened letter that wasn't read. Meaning you need to have a metaphor needs to be interpreted. A poetry needs to be spoken, needs to be understood because there's a letter, there's a petech, There's something coming from upstairs that needs to get into the light of the day. The Gemara says of <laughs> prophecy is not a dream. It's not the same. But a dream has an element of prophecy, One sixty. So what we've now done is we've given a background as to the nature of how Chazal understood dreams. That is to say, if we have Hashem coming to somebody and there's no mention of a dream, it's not Hashem speaking to that person directly. It's done. Aside from the opinion of the rabbi. Then we have the second, Shla, the second uh, um, group. And that is where you... Hashem is speaking to the person in a dream. And then we have the third grouping. The third grouping is Hashem, Hashem is speaking to the person, but the text is not mentioning it. The text is not mentioning Hashem spoke to the person at all. The person just simply had a dream. Not Hashem spoke to the person in a dream. The person just had a dream. No mention of Hashem is made. Is that dream a dream that should be understood as reflective of? What the person was thinking about all day? Should it be reflective of something that is like an, a, a special letter that came from heaven? A, a 60th of prophecy. That's our question. Says the archaiim the following you say the archaiims are um, both in this week's sedition, in Parak uh, parakhafchas plus base, and parakal plus so the archive says like this, says the archaim, The reason that the Torah says here, the Torah says the word, is because dreams often are just rubbish. They're nonsense. So by saying, by repeating the word, the what we are doing is we're telling you the the word by saying, behold, this happened, behold, that happened. What you're saying is that there's no demianus here, there's no poetry. It's like, it, this is legit? If you're saying, behold, 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 it's like such a real, real time event that's happening. That's not like dr- daydreaming, spacing out. No, that's focused. Behold, this happened. Oh my gosh. And then, oh my, would you believe the next thing happened? <gasps> right? That is not the normative way one would be uh, just having a dream. That would know, be nonsense. That kind of very real, and not very opaque situation is the hint, says the Arachayim. That what we're dealing with is legit. It's much closer to prophecy than it is to some daydream. Well, I shouldn't say daydream because daydream could be one of things. kind, But much less relevant to some nonsense dream. The Arachem continues in uh, it says it's not comparable to other types of dreams. When you see something but it has no it has no real meaning because from what you saw, and here, because of the fact that it says and it says it so many times, that tells you All the all those right? That tells you that this was a very, very legit dream, whereby. The, the protagonist, the one who was dreaming, understood that this is a very, very legitimate dream. Of course, um, so if you look, if you look at the, if you have a chumash in the beginning, of, if you go through the psukim, you'll see that it says "v'hineh v'hineh sulam books of artzah v'hineh malachim alakim olim v'yarden boy v'hineh Hashem nitzav alav v'hineh anoche imach." Right? It says "v'hineh" at least four times. Um, over here. So all of these vehines for the um are effectively making this into a dream where it was very, very clear that um, that to the protagonist, the act of Avinu, that what he was receiving wasn't just nonsense, but actual prophecy. Now, of course, I believe, even though he says it here and he says it in these other places, I believe that here it's easier. It's easier for Yaakovinu to know that the dream that he is that he is receiving is prophecy because here in the dream Hashem is coming. In the other dreams that we're going to look at, Hashem is not in the dream. So there we're really relying on the on the um on the vihine to tell us that this was done with such vividness, with such color. There was no opacity. There was no opaqueness. There was no metaphors. This was very clear exactly what was happening to the person who was having the dreamlike state. So if you look there, in Parashas Vayeshev, um, the Archaim says like this, vahine, says Vahine three times, that you should know, says the that a dream that really has elements of prophecy, that is really prophetic in nature. Same words that he used here. Right? That the only way that a person undergoing a dream would know. That their dream is absolutely legitimate. It is absolutely um uh, like a prophecy. If it's vivid, if it's clear, if it's transparent, if it's in real time, if it's full of you know, uh clarity, if you know, uh, you know, the old days, the TVs with the rabbit ears, you know, you remember those TVs when they um when you move the rabbit ears, or you know, sometimes you have to move it around because the picture would get fuzzy, you'd start to see all the black and white dots on the screen, and you wouldn't be able to get a thing, so you move around their ears to try to get a better thing. <laughs> Sometimes you would get it, like, remember with the static on the screen, right, the static on the screen. So, the the the, the archive is saying any static, any, I don't know what the most vivid call they provide today on the phones or whatever, but if you don't have that kind of real color like very clear then it's easy to think that your dream could just be a dream but if you're really seeing that dream like it's real life it's so vivid it's so open so clear then you know that what you're dealing with is a prof- prophetic level this is not a dream of nonsense and says the Arashayim, that's how even if Hashem is not appearing in the dream but nevertheless, you know it's valid because the passage is telling you that right? it is so clear. It's like the clearest day. Blue skies, is no cloudy whatsoever. You know you have a real, legit prophecy-like dream, not a daydream. So therefore, um, That tells you it's a, a dream from our country before. And he says again, similarly later on in relation to the dream of Pari, Um, So let's just look there at the uh, um, at the beginning of Parashat before we get to the dream of power If you look at the beginning of Parashat there the beginning of Paraglam Mazai, but there the pasuk tells us that that Yeshiv comes to the brothers, and he says Shimonach alim, alim If you listen to the dream that I had that's number one, and the is So in this first, it says three times, and then uh, it says it two more times. The Archite only says it says it three times. No, it says it five times in total. Um, the Pazik says, when he has the second. He goes again to the brothers, and he says, chalam Hashem shvei so you see, again, all these Vihinis, five Vihinis in relation to these two dreams, that for the and that is telling them it's a and Boyer. It's 100% clear as day. Even if Hashem is not mentioned, it is nevertheless clear to the protagonist, in this case, Yerim that what they are seeing is prophecy just being done by a dream. and Therefore, they the, the the not like Chazal say any dream that you're not gonna get mission any dream that you're not gonna you know get interpreted is in effect, you know, like that opening the letter that you see from Hashem. So in this situation, by going to the brothers who already don't like him and having them say, what do they say to the brothers to um to to Yisrael? they say I'mo, right He's trying to rule over us that's the that's the way that they're being placed to the dream they're being placed to the gene that that's exactly what he's going to do right which is what he wanted which is what he wanted to ensure as the rs kind of explains over there that was precisely what he wanted to make sure that he was going to get was a pisarin that would be um um uh, ascertaining that he would be a ruler which is exactly what he thought why did he think that because again it wasn't a dream in the normal sense it was like his real life was taking place in front of him that's what he saw. And the Torah is alluding to that. The Torah is hinting that to you by constantly saying, vihine. vihine. Vihine, Vihine, It tells you that this was like a real time, in real life experience. If it didn't say it, then it could be like a dream We'll meander. But it wasn't meandering, it was like not a cloudy day. It was like a blue sky day. If you look later on in the parishioner in relation to um, the dreams of Sarah Mashkim and Sarah Eifim. So, did he go there in Paragmam? Pazik says that the Saramashkin and Sareif, right, they joined Yosef there in the prison. It was uh, hotel, uh, you know, hotel California kind of conditions in the in the bar there, and uh, they have a dream. Saramashkin and Sareif, they also have a dream. Here it doesn't say so many times um, uh, the word Vihine, but it does say it at least once. Puzzik says, right, and then later on the. The, uh, the Sarah says, and yeah. He says that, you know, also using again the word Huh? Yeah. you Yeah he, he, he yes, yeah, so I, I want to talk. I want to discuss this. This is my last point. Oh. Um, right, so we can get to that now. Just one more second. Um, I, I think that's a very valid distinction between all four that we've focused on here. So, here you don't have a lot of he but at least you have one. So there's no comments of the rfm on this point, but I would imagine he was saying sort of the same thing because remember, if they come in. In the morning, Yeshua comes in to meet them, and they're very upset. Why are they very upset? Because they say, "Challem chalamnu." Before Sefer Esther, so we don't have anybody to explain what's going on in our dream. But we're taking it very seriously. Then you look at the beginning of Parashat Miketz. You look at the beginning of Parashat Miketz. Moshe tells us like this: "Vehinei amen halayyar, vehinei menayyar leishav achor shavish marbiyach basar." Right? and then he has a second. Name, right, so again, um, uh, we've already seen five times. At the end of the dream, and then later on, when he repeats over the dream to the to um, to Yosef, he says again. Right? And then he says, mm-hmm. right? Again, all the Vahines. And then the, uh, the in Yaseh's Pissar, and Yaseh says back to boys So it seems to me clear um, that in this situation, again, it's just a plethora of Vahines which you don't necessarily need to have. So again, you have the bar of the Arachayim that the is trying to tell you something, trying to tell you that when I uh, caught it. I mean, basically, one district, one thing. But how I went to his advice, he got also whatever it means. So, is it not that somebody actually interprets it and whatever the interpretation is? Or is it not to be interpretation? So, uh, this is a again. I don't want to anachronistically answer the question, but the the uh, uh, this from a, a Parshap shot level, you answered with Hazal level also, but from a Parshap shot level, Pari did go to his advisors, right? And 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 um, as as he complained, right? Pari complains to Yasek, right? Pari says, Pari says to um, um. Harry says to uh to Yesif like this he says <laughs> um uh the, the uh, yeah so so that is to say everybody gave a um uh interpretation and none of it was successful none of it, none of it satisfied him that is not to say that they didn't give interpretations, they did. But for some reason, they didn't work well with his understanding of his dream. For the chazal, they gave interpretations, of seven daughters and seven sons, and they're gonna die, and all the all the things that you know chazal said. Um, why didn't it work for him? One of the answers that chazal would give, well, it's not directly connected here, but the does say it, in practice what we mentioned. Right, said one of the three ways that you know a dream is valid is by is When we have a dream twice, you have a dream twice that is a valid dream, that's for sure a dream like prophecy. In this case, he had two dreams, he had identical dreams. Right? chance, he had two dreams. So that's one aspect. Another possible aspect, Hazal, want to suggest is that he had the pisrin in the chalain. So, so long as maybe he didn't remember, he didn't remember, but either way. So long as no one was telling him a pisser and that related to what he unconsciously nor consciously knew, it didn't work either. But again, that's on a, a more anachronistic level. That's taken from Kazan, extrapolating backwards to Tari. But as a matter of push-up shot level, Tari didn't know why he wasn't happy. He just wasn't happy. It didn't work for him. The Torah doesn't give us more than that. Yisab comes along and explains not only a pisser that he likes, but he also explains v'al hishon eis hachalayim. Why does the G come twice? Because the Hebrew explains yeah, so wants to this now. This is happening now. the is happening now. Not in a year, not in ten years. Now it's happening. Now's the time. This is now you gotta do this. Right? So so i think the um the i just wanted to uh, mention this one other rf uh and over there in, in the beginning of me case where the writes on the on the dreams so, mm-hmm. he says maybe the dream was so vivid to him that he didn't even know he was dreaming right why does he's the archim is bothered the he says mm-hmm. the way i said it over was vihina is part of all the vihe's so It says the archaicalan the he it was so vivid remember on his side that whenever it's using a lot of behines that's like legit right that's real time that's blue skies so there's so many vihe's here and says the archaiim ki bakalema shiboam like he could he thought this was happening. This is the, this is the regular day. This is having right now. And also it's a, is a dream. He was shocked. Which again coheres very nice with the side of the which is you want to know how a dream, which Often has a lot of nonsense. Often has no validity. Often just a reflection we thought about every day. How do we know that when dreams do not have Hashem in there, that they're nevertheless elements of prophecy? They're nevertheless true. The more real that dream is, the more you wake up with that sweat, the more legitimate that dream is. Therefore, um, where we I think we can come to now is just to mention, like I say, very I think a somewhat interesting point that the Archive does not make a distinction of, but I think it's nevertheless worthy of making it. Number one, which I, we made it at the beginning, which is, the fact is, that the dreams of Parz Vayetze, of Yaakov, of and the two dreams of Yaakov, in the beginning and the end of the Parsh, and the dream of Lava. and each one of these dreams, it mentions Hashem in the dream. It mentions Hashem in the dream, yes? That's fundamentally different. The dream of Abimelech, the dream of Avram of Hashem is there, but in the dream of the Yasis, in the dream of the Saramash and Sarai, and the dream of Parashem is not there at all. That's one fundamental difference. But the Issay is trying to say is that it does make a difference. The more Behirus, the more Behakins, the more clear that dream is, then that dream is inherently more valid. That's number one. Number two, as Nasa pointed out, think about all the dreams that we just mentioned in Sayyidah Bereshus. They're different. The dream of Yaakov never has a pisser. The dream is, the way that dream is being narrated to us as the reader is as it's taking place to Yaakov. The dream (laughs) when Yaakov is telling over to his wives his dream at the end of the parsha about uh, leaving Lavan, that's a dream that is being told to us not in real time, but after the fact, as a, as a conversation piece, to explain why it's time to leave. In the case of Lavan, Lavan's dream is no pisrim, Hashem appeared to me. Same with Avi Melech. We just get one puzzle, Hashem appeared to them. There's no vahines over there. What about the dream of the Sarah Maashkem Sarah We don't hear anything about their dream. We only hear about when they say it over. The same is true, right, in relation, to, um, to um uh, sorry, the, the, in relation to the uh, uh, Yosef's dream, right? with Ya's dream, Ya says to the brothers, Hey, listen, I had a dream. We don't know about his dream when he had the dream. We only know about the fact that he's telling them over his dream. And of course, the, the dream of power we get both. The dream of power is the most built out, right and that's why there's always these beautiful, delicious discrepancies that you find. About what Parui dreamt and what and what what he said over oh, and all that stuff, right? That's because there was two aspects: it was what the dream was, like by and his rendition of the dream, which you have by you have by the But the yisoy, it seems to me, of that he's trying to parlay into a Yisoyd is like a, a point throughout Safe and Baraishus is that if the dream has vividness. If it seems that you're awake during the dream, then you should know that that's another element that you could add into brachas. You know, nun hey, that that's a legitimate dream. That that's an that's a prophetic dream. The more real a dream is, the more prophetic it is. I'll just conclude one story because I heard it last week. There was uh, uh, a person who was living in, I think faraza <laughs> who became a tshuva. And, and, um, the, you know, the, the town wasn't from, but he was from, and he had a rabbi, a Hasidic rabbi, it's a Hasidic rabbi. He wants to go to him from time to time and say to him, can I leave my town? And I was like, no, can't leave the town. Can't leave the town. So he stayed for years. He stayed, um, Friday night, Shemini Atzer, Shabbos by October 7th, he has a dream. And his Rebbe says, it's time to leave. Time to leave? Why is it time to leave? Shamus. He wakes up in a sweat. And he's like, that's crazy. My Rebbe came to me in a gym, don't leave. goes back to sleep. cat's, you know, whoever it was. He Goes back to sleep. This time the Rebbe is taking a scarf on his neck and choking him. And choking and saying, I said to leave, leave now. So his mom's like flotting, like he's dying. He wakes up and he's like, I, 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 I'm not dying. I don't understand what happened. He tells his wife, wakes his wife up and says, this has to be twice tonight. Middle of the night, Friday night. His wife says, if the rabbi came to the gym and he's choking, We have to leave. They wake up their kids. They get into the car on Shabbos, Friday night, and they drive. They drive to wherever. We should land tell them about them, but they drive to. on Shabbos, till Shabbos or not. This question was asked to Rabbi Silverstein, and he talked about it last week. And you know, I'm not sure if it's a Churban Deshen kind of question. You know, where you know the Chubas' session is 354 Chubas. communion. You know, you might say, not a It's the 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 shach of Chaysh writes, right? that the chumas, the chumas are beautiful, of course, fantastic, right? Do showing but the shilas also havealach in them. Why the shilas havealach in them? Because they weren't shilas. He wrote the shah They say similar stories about some other um, of, of the great, uh, you know, basically over the centuries that, that you can even dash in the shadows that they're being asked in a specific way, because the person who asked them was also the person who answered them. So whether or not this story is legitimately true, I don't know or not. But it's relevant to our sense If a person has a dream, his mom is being choked. Is that a situation? Can you now be Michael shamas or not? This was the question that he was asked. But I, I think in terms of the side of the RFA, and what he's adding to our picture from all the Mars and brachas, is that the vividness of a dream also is an element Of telling us how prophetic it is. All right, that's good.